0: And now, the Husker Athletic Director Show with Bill Moose, presented by the Woodhouse Auto Family. Woodhouse Auto Family, shop Woodhouse first. 18 brands, 18 locations, one team to help you get on the road faster. Woodhouse Auto Family, the official auto dealer of Nebraska athletics. And now, here's your host, Greg Sharp. Thank you. Welcome back to Sports Highly. We had a best of show last night with Memorial Day, so I hope you all had a good Memorial weekend, kind of dreary weather-wise, but hopefully you had a chance to get out and do some barbecue and have some fun outdoors as we kick off the summer months. And tonight we start our week of shows here with our monthly sit-down chat with the athletic director for the Nebraska Cornhuskers, Bill Moose. Bill, great to have you with us. Hope you had a chance to enjoy yourself a little bit over the last couple days.
1: Well, I did, uh, uh, and you're right, the weather was a little little uh, challenging, but uh, hey, that's okay. Uh, seems like we're just going to kind of slide into summer and maybe skip spring.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're talking about temperatures in the upper 80s in a week, so yeah, that's exactly what's going going to happen. Well, I'm glad we have you on tonight, because last week I thought was kind of a... A turn-the-corner moment for for a lot of us because we finally got some positive news: the NCA uh, lifting the moratorium on voluntary workouts starting the first of June. And it sounds like you and the Huskers are are raring to go on that June first date. Give us the latest update us on what some of the things that have been popping here in the last six seven days.
1: Yeah, things are things are starting to loosen up a little bit, and so much of it, uh, Greg, is dependent on the the local situations. And and of course, uh, being here in Lincoln, we have that going for us where we're not a real hotbed for uh, COVID-19. We uh, um, have wide open spaces and that's why so many of us love it here. But uh, in this particular situation, uh, our governor and our president and chancellor uh, were letting, uh, relaxing the restrictions a bit enabling us to uh, come in on uh, the 1st of June uh, to start uh, voluntary workouts, as you mentioned. Now, we were all ready to do that uh, to some degree before the campus was locked down. And uh, I was making the, taking the stance with the Big Ten that uh, the safest place for our student athletes is Lincoln, Nebraska, and the safest place in Lincoln is to be in our facilities. So uh, we're going to be able to achieve that here shortly. And uh, we will uh, have some of our student athletes here already, about 150 to 175. Uh, we're gonna concentrate on football, men's and women's basketball, uh, volleyball, and, and soccer. Uh, to begin with, uh, and, and then start to fold some of the others in after that. So uh, really excited about that. My people have done a tremendous job administratively, coaches have been uh, fabulous, and uh, we have a protocol all in place to start bringing them in, more of them in, testing, quarantining, and getting back to somewhat of a normal situation.
0: Yeah, you talked about those protocols that you know you want to be sure everybody when they get here is healthy enough to work out so they don't infect anybody else. I'm sure it's going to be massive cleaning every day, a couple times a day to make sure these student athletes stay healthy. And I know you and your staff have had hours upon hours of meetings about the best way to do this. And I think it's a tribute to you and your staff that you guys are, are ready to hit the ground running here in less than a week. I, it's, it's been a yeoman's effort, I'm sure, on, on the part of the athletic department staff.
1: Well, the protocol is very strict. We wrote it ourselves, and it is actually uh, the model that is being uh, uh, copied and, and more glad of that with uh, peer institutions in the conference. So uh, uh, we've had wonderful uh, partnership with uh, our medical school, uh, UNMC in Omaha in regards to the testing, their virologists and, and others. Uh, Dr. Cratteville, who's uh, really been a, a, a very important individual, not just for us, here at Nebraska, but in the Big Ten as well. He's he's really the spokesperson uh, for all of this in regards to the medical piece. So um, we, uh, as we bring them in, we uh, quarantine them for, for the, the student athletes for uh, two days, 48 hours, and then test them. Uh, we can only work out in a voluntary manner. Nobody, nobody is... Uh, uh, required to be back here. Nobody's required to uh, to work out, and when we do, uh, as per the mandate of the governor, we have to be in groups of ten or less, and that includes the supervisors that are in the weight room or uh, on the fields that are that are working with these young people. So, um, lots of uh, details to it, and again, I applaud my people and and uh... all all of our coaches and such that have really really helped us
0: bill you you mentioned the governor is is relaxing some some rules and restrictions come june first it marries up with the ncaa ruling can you talk about the relationship that the athletic department that the university has had with state officials through all that we've been talking uh... about once a week with ted carter who's been magnificent uh... uh, and i think has been one of the four forefront people in the country with what he's doing with the University of Nebraska right now, but just talk about how much the communications have been going back and forth with your office, the president's office, and even up to the governor.
1: Well, there's a uh, there's a line there. We're doing most of our communication with the chancellor's office who uh, is in uh, uh, conversation with President Carter who, of course, is uh, in conversation with the governor. So uh, the the communication has been very good, uh, very transparent, uh, but we just make sure that uh, at, at, in UNL that uh, uh, our, our primary communication is with Chancellor Green and his staff, and, and uh, that has gone very, very well. Uh, my chief of staff has been on a daily uh, uh, communication with the chancellor's chief of staff. Uh, our communications uh, person in charge of communications on my staff has been in charge of uh, his counterpart on the Chancellor's uh, uh, staff so it's all all been very well thought out and uh, and the communication lines have been outstanding.
0: You're busy with Bill Moose it's our monthly athletic director's show here on Sports Nightly. Last month when we had you on Bill you said you were having daily calls with your counterparts throughout the Big Ten. New commissioner taking over the the role back at the first of the year. I mean, you this is all dropped on his lap in his first six months on the job. What has that been like for you over the last couple of months?
1: Well, that has been good, and and really, when you stop and think about it, it it's quite remarkable because uh, our president Ted Carter, this is his his uh, first presidency of a public institution, uh, and Kevin Warren, his his uh, first stint as a commissioner in involvement in, in uh, college athletics. So uh, they had to hit the ground running and uh, didn't, didn't have much of a grace period or a honeymoon because uh, this is uh, uncharted waters. In both cases, they've done uh, incredible jobs and have really shown their leadership skills. Um, in regards to our communication within the Big 10, yes, we continue to have daily uh, calls, uh, 7.45 central time. Uh, they last, today's was only 30 minutes. Usually they're about an hour. We have had them last as long as two hours. Uh, all kinds of things discussed and uh, we, in cost containment measures that we are going to implement that will help all of our various and individual uh, institutions, um, and, of course, all of the discussion about uh, return to campus, return to play, uh, the uh, volunteer activities, when will the required activities or organized activities, and then you get on into uh, when can we start to prepare for the fall seasons, which uh, all these things, we some, some of we, we have accomplished, some we're still working on. And I think I said it before, Greg, but... Uh, uh, I always try to find something positive and uh, a little bit of lemonade out of things, and, and it it has really been the best communication I've ha- I've ever had uh, uh, in a conference because we've been forced to. Uh, we're most of us on those calls from our homes. Uh, we have uh, uh, again new challenges that we have had not had to face. We're drawing off each other's. Uh, Thoughts and plans and suggestions and really getting uh, uh, to know and to bond with uh, my colleagues in the Big Ten, as well as uh, uh, all the people in the Big Ten staff. So uh, of which I would would say we have 15 or 20 staff members on those phone calls.
0: Bill, I'm sure people are screaming at me to say, ask him, am I going to be able to see the Oscars play at Memorial Stadium this fall? So let me me just throw that out. How optimistic are you that some form of fans are going to be able to watch college football this fall in that great stadium?
1: Well, I'm optimistic. Uh, I continue to think that there's a good chance it could be uh, football as we remember it. But at the same time, uh, if we can't get our arms around this virus and and get it to level out to where the concerns uh, of the of the fans, but also the student athletes, uh, and what is safe for uh, for those people. Uh, and if, if that is still in question, uh, the the season could look different than uh, uh, we've experienced in the past. We just aren't quite there yet. We just don't know. Uh, as our backs get closer to the wall. Uh, we we're going to have to make some decisions along those lines, whether to reduce the number of games, uh, maybe move the the entire season back, uh, what our lead up time should be, and so many of us missed out in spring football practices. Uh, um, we had two out of fifteen, uh, and a lot of our peers uh, are in the same boat. Some had a few more, but. Um, uh, I'm hopeful uh, that that it'll look like it has, but not sure. And then there's the the, uh, the local authorities, and we talked about Governor Ricketts and and President Carter and Chancellor Green, uh, uh, and and what the decisions are going to be on what the capacity can be in Memorial Stadium and um, in the Devaney Center. You know, we're not just talking about football. We've been sold out in in volleyball for years and years and years. And and uh, neither one of those are really ideal social distancing venues the way our great fans pack uh, uh, a, a stadium and an arena. So, um, you know, we may have to uh, uh, reduce the size of our crowds, and our staff is working uh, diligently in that regard. Um, how do you manage that? What is the right number? How do you space folks? How do you get them in uh, to the facilities? How do you get them out? You got restrooms, concessions, um, masks, no masks. uh, All all these uh, questions have got to have solid answers before we can go forward.
0: Yeah, no doubt. The good news is we still have more than three months before there will be a contest at Memorial Stadium. Bill Moose is with us for the hour. It's our May edition of the Nebraska Athletic Directors Show. Uh, you mentioned your coaches have been good. Bill, i got to imagine they, they're a little bit like caged animals right now, particularly your football staff who only got two of the spring practices in, usually during the month of May. They're crisscrossing the country to recruit. Uh, your your coaches have to be just ready to come leaping out of their houses and get to work here.
1: Well, that that's the competitive nature of all of them. We've got great coaches, uh, and they want to get after it. They they're in the profession to coach, and they want to coach, and uh, uh, and we we certainly and especially I am very uh, uh, sensitive to that. Uh, and they also obviously are, are uppermost concerned about the safety and well-being of their student athletes. But uh, we do need to be patient. We need to fold these things back in, in the proper manner, um, really emphasizing in, in the first wave, those that are going to be competing in the fall uh, along with the two basketball programs. Uh, but hopefully we'll be able to get uh, the rest of them in in some fashion or such. And then, of course, Greg, we've got summer school, we've got our summer bridge program, and all these things that are that are being done remotely. However, uh, uh, as they start to to come back, uh, uh, though they're taking their classes on their computers and such, we have to make sure that they're in a safe environment uh, and and all of that before uh, we're going to be uh, comfortable. Allowing them to start their workouts and everything so uh, coaches are um, they are they're chomping at the bit and and uh, we will have a meeting uh, with them on Thursday uh, just to again answer questions. I think our communication plan has been very good uh, throughout all of this. Uh, But again, now that we're starting to get some relief things are loosening up, we want to make sure that they get their questions answered and they understand fully what the what the protocol is.
0: Very good. Well, we got some folks ready to talk to you tonight, so let's get to the phones. Let's start up in Omaha first with Mike. Good evening, Mike. You're up with Bill Moose. Well, thank you very much, 1st
1: first, first, I'd like to say you've done an excellent job, Bill. I appreciate what you're doing for the state. I'd like to, on name, image, and likeness, I'd like to point out one thing. I don't know what it says in the bill or what the NC2A will do, but there are several states like Florida and Texas that have no state income tax, and that will be an advantage in recruiting for those states. So very possibly something can be done to the bill in Nebraska to make to make uh, it
0: it exempt from state income tax. Mike, appreciate it. Thanks for
1: the call. Yeah, thank you, You Mike. That's a a good point. And uh, uh, the name, image, and likeness had been the the premier topic in intercollegiate athletics until this coronavirus came into place. But uh, we are still discussing it and uh, what it's going to look like uh, when it's all said and done um, and we're not, not completely there yet. Uh, but I remind our listeners that uh, the number of student athletes that may be involved in uh, all of this uh, it w- will not be massive. And um, uh, we want to, of course, make sure that we incorporate in what we're doing, uh, uh, teaching, providing, and making sure that that our student athletes uh, have all the tools to uh, to market themselves and to do it in the in the right manner. But um, your your point is well made. Uh, there will be income tax. There will be federal income tax. Uh, there there uh, uh, will be advantages to at some schools that some others may not have along those lines, and it all has to be considered when we look at. Uh, uh, trying to get a level playing field in regards to the competitive piece.
0: Let's go from Omaha to Oakdale. Ron, you're up with Bill Moose. Good evening.
1: Yes, I'd like to know what would happen with the uh, sellout record and this and that. Well, the sellout streak is alive and well. Uh, if If we are told, for example, we can only have 30,000 in Memorial Stadium, and we get 30,000, that's a sellout. Uh, If we're, if there are no limits, uh, and we can can fill it. I, I, I've said this publicly this past week. uh, There is no place like Nebraska, and there are no fans like Nebraska fans. And I would, I would guess that uh, uh, the sellout streak would continue. And remember, we have had games where we've been uh, 10 or 20,000 uh, less in attendance, but the seats have been sold. And it's my feeling that the pride that our Nebraska fans have in that sellout streak that as you know, dates back to 1962 and Bob Devaney's first year uh, will be be uh, be preserved. And I, uh, I have, no, I have no doubts in my mind, just having gotten to know and appreciate our fans.
0: Bill, any idea yet, if you have to limit the crowd, how you're going to do that, or is that still in, in the works with your ticket office, folks?
1: That's in the works. Uh, first of all, uh, our hope is we have seven home games. Uh, maybe uh, uh, there, there will be a variety of formulas that we'll look at, but again, and, and we'll be prepared. But I'm hoping that isn't something that we have to uh, have to do. And and personally, I don't feel that that's a conference rule or an NC2A rule. I think that's a institutional uh, policy. And if we feel here in Nebraska, just like I've felt all along, that it's the best place for our student athletes and the safest, and we feel that. uh, our fans fully know the risks, if there are any, of attending uh, our events, uh, and and they're fine with that. They ought to be able to come and enjoy uh, Nebraska football and volleyball and all of our sports. I think that's, uh, in many respects, uh, some therapy that uh, we could really use. And again, uh, we're we're very concerned about the safety and such of our fans, but. Uh, If we feel and our our uh, university and and state uh, authorities feel that it's safe, um, then I I feel that we should we should go the max of whatever is allowable. And that will preserve the sellout.
0: Bill, I'm sure you're like me. You miss seeing our fans. The spring game didn't happen. That's a big touch point to see a bunch of your boosters and backers the spring sports get wiped out. Have you had much communication with some of the supporters for the university during this pandemic?
1: Yeah, our staff again has done a real good job of, um, of, of staying in touch with uh, uh, the majority of our donors. Uh, I've had myself uh, two Zoom meetings, uh, some as many as a thousand uh, key donors. Um, and we've had various coaches do the same again organized through our development areas. So uh, they have been wonderful. Uh, our level of support has not taken a dip. Um, the uh, gifts that have been verbally pledged uh, for the for the facility uh, the, the go big project has been solid. Uh, I can't say enough about these great people that uh, uh, they've stood by us. They know it. That's not our fault. We're all in this together and they uh, Continue to realize how important they are for us to be as successful as we have been through the years
0: You mentioned the go big project. That's still a go right. You're just maybe delaying the the beginning of this
1: Yeah, we're we're wrapping up design and uh, Greg it is really impressive uh, and uh, we've, we're having to address some of the uh, uh, financial pieces because anytime you do these, it's like building a house. <laughs> you're you're uh, <laughs> you're you're going to have to scale back in some areas to come in on budget. But uh, we're in the process of doing that. It's working out uh, very very well. And and uh, but when we when we do get that complete, and that should be here done here in the next week or two, then we're going to pause until. Uh, we uh, feel comfortable, the, the uh, uh, chancellor and president, uh, to go forward and I know the regents will be involved in this too, uh, but we will be set. Uh, we'll be on the launching pad and uh, ready uh, as, as you're aware our contractors are all selected. Uh, uh, the, the schedule is in place. It's just when, when do we get into the starting blocks?
0: Very good. Let's go back to the phones. Up to Omaha. Mike, you're up next with Bill Moose.
1: Hey, Bill. Uh, I got a question about transfers and their eligibility. Okay.
0: Did we lose Mike? I know that the okay. NCA Yeah, go ahead, Mike. We lost you there for a minute.
1: Okay, yeah. I feel, I'm hearing feedback after the... But uh,
2: my, favorite, my favorite coordinator in any sport is transferring, and within the conference, and that's Leah Brown in the basketball team. I still can't believe this is happening, but is she eligible to play
1: next year because she's going to Michigan? Now, yeah. Uh, did you catch that, Greg?
0: Yeah, he said his favorite Husker is Leah Brown, who played for Amy Williams' basketball squad. She's going to transfer and transfer and within the conference. What is the update on transferring without having to sit out at all?
1: Well, the the, the whole push for uh, reform with the transfer piece has been delayed, and uh, it's my understanding will, will be delayed until – uh, January, when uh, hopefully we're going to gather for the NC2A convention. Uh, so, uh, rules that have been in place uh, remain in place, and uh, uh, those sports that need to uh, sit a year um, are going to have to continue to do that until uh, the reform piece is put in place, if indeed it does.
0: Have you have you changed your mind some on this, Bill? I mean, you and I have talked about this topic for a couple of years now, and I, because I, I, I think I have a little bit. I think I've softened my stands. I was not for this initially, but now I see some merit in having this happen.
1: Well, I was very strictly opposed to it, uh, Greg myself, and and I've come around to uh, you know a one-time transfer. Uh, being acceptable um, and and I I believe that they should be able to compete right away uh, in all sports consistent in all sports and I say this because um, uh, sometimes there's a coaching change uh, a student athlete may have chosen the school because he or she uh, really felt their their uh, Talents fit a certain coach in a different, in a certain style. Uh, I know people like to say, well, you, you chose the school and not the coach. And that's really great to say, but that's not always the case. Um, and sometimes uh, maybe a, a, a quarterback is recruited and uh, sees that they're not going to get uh, much playing time uh, and maybe would be uh Uh, better fitted at a a different place. And and when the dust all settles, we're really in this for the student athlete and their experience. But what I am not in favor of is uh, having opportunity to do that without penalty multiple times. Uh, Okay, maybe this this wasn't the right decision that I should have made. Um, I'm going to get a mulligan, uh, but that's going to be it. Um, otherwise, uh, if there's a, a second, third, or fourth time, uh, the penalty will be applied.
0: Very good. Well, since we last spoke, uh, we had a big graduation ceremony a few weeks ago. I think the number was 66 student-athletes picked up their diploma. And at the end of the day, that's kind of what this is about, get these student-athletes on campus, work them toward a degree and then let them get out and be productive citizens uh, wherever they end up landing. But that was a big moment, and I know it was done differently this year, but it seemed to be pretty effective.
1: Well, graduation is what we're all about, you know, an opportunity to get a degree at a great institution like the University of Nebraska uh, and enjoy the experience of <clears throat> being a student and being a student-athlete. But, um, you know, those those trophies, awards, and memories are wonderful, but it's that education that's going to take care of, of these young people for the rest of their lives. And uh, we emphasize that. I don't think anybody does it better than us. We talk about sellout streaks. We also have a pretty impressive nation-leading academic All-American list, uh, 72 ahead of second place as I last checked it out. And... Uh, our graduation rates, our APRs, our grade point average uh, in excess uh, of uh, three point for over 600 student athletes. That's all amazing. But you're right, we had 66 uh, graduate this spring, student athletes, uh, 23 states uh, is where they came from. Uh, so uh, it's covering roughly half the nation, 17, native nebraskans and we had three foreign uh student athletes that graduated as well so thrilled for them and uh uh, again they're they're uh equipped well equipped and ready to go out and tackle the world
0: i watched the stream i thought it was really well done and your volleyball coach john cook gave the commencement address and i'm sure you're not surprised he knocked it out of the park
1: uh, well, he's inspirational. Uh, there's a there's a reason he wins national championships, and uh, part of it is uh, uh, his his um, command of of uh, of getting people motivated, and that's what a commencement speaker should be all about. Hey, you've 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 gotten to this point. You've worked hard. What are you gonna do with it? And are you, gonna, are you going to continue to utilize those traits that got you to this point and develop them and continue to refine them on into your professional career? And uh, I, don't, I can't think of anybody who uh, can, can lead by example better than John Cook and anyone who uh, who has has uh, has proven on uh, his record that uh, uh, his formula works?
0: Yeah, it was terrific. We played it back the next Monday here on Sports Nightly. We think him up. We count him down. It's Top Ten Tuesdays on Sports Nightly, and we're going to go off of the uh, the match. From Sunday, Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Phil Mickelson. Austin, you kind of came up with this. This is your brainchild, wasn't it?
2: It was indeed. I feel like we were all going to end up somewhere along here, but this was a fun one to put together. A lot of good guys in the world of sports, a lot of guys that would kick my butt at golf but would be a good hang for the afternoon.
0: I kind of found this one hard, Ben, a little bit. I got my first five or six, and then I kind of dried up a little
3: bit. Yeah, so my my thought process was... Um, I kept it to all athletes and I didn't put any golfers on here on purpose uh, because I could have done 10 golfers pretty easily. Um, I mean I think if if you're a golf fan it finding 10 guys that you want to play with on tour would be really simple to do so I, 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 I couldn't choose between golfers so I kept all the golfers off and I uh, all the golfers off and I kept it to just athletes. I didn't put any like movie celebrities or anything.
0: All right. Top 10 Tuesday brought to you by Union Bank and Trust at Union Bank and Trust. All your banking needs are taken care of by real people who really care. Stop by and you'll see that you belong here. Union Bank and Trust member FDIC. All right, Austin, lead us off.
2: All right. I'll go with an under-the-radar pick here at number 10, Boris Diaw. He played in the NBA for a while, former Spur, former son, won the 2014 NBA championship with the Spurs. He's a super chill, laid-back dude. He'd have a lot of good stories. He's one of the the funnier – members of the Spurs actually has some personality. He could dish on the big 3 of Duncan, Ginobili and Parker. You know, he's one of Popovich's guys, big wine connoisseur. I just think he'd be a you no know, good hang for the afternoon. So Boris Diaw, former NBA player, my number 10. It's a
0: nice interesting <laughs> poll. I've got some interesting names on my list as well and I wasn't as disciplined as Ben cuz I do have a couple of golfers on my list and I have one at number 10 and it's a golfer that a lot of you may not have heard of. His name is Max Homa. He doesn't show up on a lot of leaderboards but he is a riot to follow on twitter because people send pictures of them swinging a golf club and then he breaks down their swing usually in not a very flattering form yeah he'd be be all over me so i think it'd be kind of fun i could play around a golf with a guy making fun of my
3: swing the whole day that's awesome um yeah i have seen that guy just grill people on twitter it's (laughs) it's pretty pretty amazing uh, a couple of my athletes are now retired, so that's uh, th- that's something that I should throw out, too. And, and number 10 is one of them. And I think, you know, you get a couple adult beverages going, and, and the amount of stories that could come from this guy would be amazing. Uh, I've got Bo Jackson here at number 10. Uh, I mean, I'd like to see if Bo knows golf, uh, but, you know, the amount of stories that, that he could tell and, you know, the amount of questions that I would ask him when Number one, I'd kind of be scared to ask him questions. But if I did, uh, it would be interesting to hear some of the responses that he has. So uh, Bo knows golf at my number 10.
2: Good. I stick with Kansas City here at my number nine. Maybe a little lower on my list than he will be on the rest of yours. A guy that can probably throw a football further and I can hit a golf ball, Patrick Mahomes. You know, it wouldn't be a bad afternoon hanging out with the face of the defending Super Bowl champion. Seems like a guy that would be – You know, it's really easy to hang out with, easygoing, personable. Good to see him hitting missiles all over the place. I just think it'd be fun to spend an afternoon with uh, old Pat Mahomes.
0: That could not have been easy for you, Austin.
2: You know, (laughs) I I, I begrudge him nothing. I I respect the Chiefs. I will always have that one wild card game to hold over your heads, but you do have a more recent (laughs) Super Bowl, so. All right, I'm going
0: to the NBA for my nine, Joel Embiid. Now, one, it'd be fun just to see a guy that big swing a golf club. But he's a riot on Twitter and social media too. I think it'd just be a. I think it would be four hours of just goofing around and being silly, and maybe even throwing clubs in the lake or whatever. So Joe Embiid makes my list of number nine. I I am shocked
3: that a uh, that a Kansas Jayhawk is on your list, Greg. Um, Can't yeah, believe it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my number nine, I got Lorenzo Cain here on number nine. I I loved his personality when he was with the Royals. I, I'm so happy he ended up at a team that's likable for me in milwaukee nothing worse to have a guy that you've rooted for you know for much of their career go to the white Sox or the yankees or the red Sox, some just really unlikable team uh so it's still really easy to root for the guy he's got a million dollar smile uh i i I really miss those um salvador perez videos of him in the clubhouse I, i just think he's got an awesome personality i think he'd be a really fun guy to hang out with for a day
2: you would when that 2015 team gets back together for a reunion or something, they have to have it a golf course, and they have to have a Locaine-Salvador-Perez duo. That just has to happen. I no need doubt. that. I stick with baseball here at my number eight, one of my favorite athletes of all time, Mike Trout. Uh, I think, and again, just a, seems like a really chill guy. It'd be awesome just hit the links. I wouldn't give him too much crap about 2014 when the Royals swept him out of his one playoff appearance but you know just seems like a good guy he probably wouldn't give me too much crap for out driving me by 400 yards so that would <laughs> that would be nice too
0: yeah no doubt all right I'm going to the world of tennis for my number eight Andy Roddick Husker connection uh raised in, in Lincoln uh, moved out of here but still is a Husker football fan I think it'd be a blast to hear him tell stories about you know playing against Federer and Nadal and then his love of Husker
3: Husker sports would be fun to to hang out with Andy Roddick for a day. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, my number eight. I am going to the world of ultimate fighting here. I've got the notorious Conor McGregor here at number eight. I just think number one, that's a guy I could probably beat in golf. Um, I don't know that I would want to because he might beat me physically. But again, super flamboyant personality. Imagine imagine like if you he was on your team and you were doing like a, a foursome scramble the amount of crap that he would talk to the other team like they that team would be beat before they even step to the tee box because yeah. he would have them so messed up mentally um, and <laughs> I just feel like he would have me laughing um, the entire time plus he makes his own whiskey so we could drink for free so I mean there's just all kinds of positives that could come out of it yeah
0: I don't think you'd be um, I'm not sure you'd be able to see straight at the end of 18 holes playing with that guy <laughs> <laughs>
2: Maybe because you were drinking, maybe because he punched Uh you. I would say one way or the other. (laughs) One way or the other. (laughs) All right, number seven for me is the one non-player on my list, but he has sports sports adjacent. Bruce Arians, current head coach (laughs) of Tampa Bay Buccaneers, former head coach of the Arizona Cardinals and my Indianapolis Colts. You read Bruce Arian's stories and you just crack up. The dude is hilarious, very dry sense of humor. I think he'd be a leisurely day of golf, but given his offense, I wouldn't be surprised to see if he could, you know, drive it 250, 300 yards, get that vertical golf game going as well. So Bruce Arians just seems like a blast to hang out with. He's my number seven. <laughs>
0: he is a character. All right, my number seven, back to the NBA for me, Steph Curry, who I know loves to play golf, probably really good at it. But I just think he seems like a cool dude, and this would be a fun guy to hang out with for an afternoon. So Steph Curry makes my list at seven.
3: He was a really tough cut for me. Um, but, yeah, and, and the main reason why is super down-to-earth guy. And I know – and I, I'm with you, Greg. I, I, you've seen his, him golf in a lot of programs before. So my number seven has already been mentioned. He was mentioned by Austin at number eight. I got Mike Trout here. Really surprised he he was this low on my list. I kind of thought he would be a lot higher, but – Again, super down to earth guy, and you know he, he seems like just the neighbor dude that you want to go over and play ping pong with, or or watch <laughs> watch a Super Bowl with, or whatever. Um, even though he's
2: super good at baseball and has tons of money, so uh, Mike Trout, my number seven. Greg just mentioned one half of the Splash Brothers. I'll take the other half. I'll take Clay Thompson here Ooh. at my number six. Seems super chill, super laid back. Hopefully, he would bring his dog Rocco. Seems like a good afternoon. Clay still has a little bit of a not necessarily immature vibe, but he seems more my speed i guess so i think clay would be a fun hang and like on the golf course very good i'm
0: staying nba with my six and i'm a little surprised i didn't have him a little bit higher up my list but i've got shaquille o'neal here i just think it'd be one laughter after another with shaq walking around he'd be just making fun of everything i I think it'd be a blast being with shaq for a day (laughs) so shaq makes my cut at six I would only
3: want Shaq if Chuck got to play in the group. Yes. I mean, to, to play around with those <laughs> Stay two tuned. would just be iconic. Might as well make it an NBA trifecta here for number six. I've got the king here, LeBron James. I don't know if he... I've never seen him golf. I've never seen him swing a golf club, but the the chance to hang around LeBron James, an icon for, for four hours, I don't care if I shot a 150 and he shot a 150, just to be around him and he cares a lot about people, not to say that he'd care a lot about me, but I, I think we would get along, and, yeah, I think it would be a lot of fun. And, I mean, a, again, pick, picking that guy's brain would be a lot of fun.
0: That's a good point. I, I don't know if he plays. I don't know if I've ever seen him with a golf club in his hand. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know that I have.
2: He was a tough cut from my list, but we're moving into the top five here. I've got current Royal Witt the another guy that seems like a good guy, kind of southern gentleman type get stories about the College World Series, that walk-off hit, the last one at Rosenblatt. And he's one of my favorite Royals right now. So just to get to spend an afternoon with him seems like a good time. To hit wit. To yeah. hit wit.
0: Do you remember the oh. Farmers?
2: He is indeed. He was he stolen I, from my roster. He was supposed to be my center fielder when he was unjustly <laughs> taken from me. The hard
3: part when baseball starts back up, whenever it does, I hope I don't have any ill feelings toward Adalberto Montesi for the <laughs> just <laughs> putrid <laughs> – awful effort that he he gave my team while he was a part of it so hoping there's not a black stain there all right my five austin
0: had earlier here's why i've got patrick mahomes and i think in a, if we did this in a couple years he might keep moving up
3: the list but i got mahomes at five all right very good my five here and i, I tweeted this out that there's not much more i would want in life to play around a golf with this this man that's we saw him play on sunday peyton manning i He's just such an awesome guy, and honestly, I'm really surprised he fell all the way to five on my list. But, um, just hilarious, down to earth. He's kind of got that witty sarcasm about him. He, just very subtle the way that he talks crap to people, uh, as we saw on Sunday, and but yet competitive. And you, you know, you heard him upset with himself a couple of times on the golf course and. Yeah, Peyton, Peyton is a guy that I would love to be friends with in real life, and that includes on the golf course. He's pretty funny. He's just a pretty funny guy. Yeah.
2: The Colts today tweeted out a behind-the-scenes interview about his uh, United Way SNL skit, the one where yes. he's pegging the kids with the footballs. Classic. He, he just Get p- open. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just kept saying he didn't want to do it. Their parents were standing right there. Their child actors even like, hollowed out the footballs and made them Nerf footballs. And he's like, this is right up to the edge. I don't want to go over the edge. This is the edge. I don't want to do it. <laughs> But cops, away. cops, cops.
0: Did you notice what logo he had on his golf cart the other day?
2: Well, on one side he had the Broncos logo. On the well, other he side did. he had the I Colts did. logo. Yeah. I
3: just saw the Colts is the only one and I saw. And then he had the, the Tennessee end zone checkered yeah. paint yeah, on all the right. inside.
2: He reps them all. Equal opportunity <laughs> endorser. Number four for me is another kind of under-the-radar pick. I've got the man who caught the 12th inning of the 2015 World Series, Drew Butera. Seems like a good clubhouse guy. All the media folks fawn over him. He'd be able to tell me all sorts of stories and do it in a funny way. You know, he's the backup catcher, one of the best gigs in baseball. So I think Drew B. Terror would be an awesome guy to hang around for an afternoon on the golf course. I definitely dude.
3: didn't expect some of these names <laughs> Popping to them <come> out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> My number four, I'm going
0: to the retired line again, and I'm going to tennis. John McEnroe. One, he's he's a huge sports fan. I mean, he loves baseball. He loves hockey. I think he would just be fascinating to talk to. Plus, he might break a club while you're playing. I mean, I just think it'd be wild to be with John McEnroe for an afternoon. I idolized the guy growing up. Uh, he's one of my childhood heroes. I love to play around and golf with Mac. Another guy that you
3: wouldn't you'd be kind of scared to beat because he wouldn't know if he'd beat you <laughs> uh, yeah. with that temper. My number four, the man, the myth, the legend, Kemba Walker. I, I, I I'd <laughs> love to meet him. I, I would love to find out more about him as a dude. I, all I know is like what you see in interviews. I know he's a big community guy, um, and I've been following him since he was a, a freshman at UConn. So, yeah, let's let's put let's put a little substance to this uh, to this man crush, and let's let's make it <laughs> let's make it official. Uh, spending an afternoon with with old Kemba Walker. So. Yeah, my number four. I, again, I have no idea if that dude <laughs> has ever swung a golf club in his life. but
2: I wondered how long it would be until we heard the name Kemba Walker on Ben's list.
3: Are you surprised he's all the way down at four?
0: Slightly. A little bit.
2: <laughs> a, little bit. a little bit. We'll move into the top three here. Number three for me is one that could go either really well or really poorly, not for the uh, potential anger problems as we've heard about McGregor and McEnroe. I've got Zach Granke up here at number three. No, the oh. chance of this going well intrigues me. Now, you hear that all wouldn't these, be
3: enjoyable at all.
2: You hear all these <laughs> stories about Zach Greinke, and how great would it be to have a Zach Greinke story of your own? You know, to see it <laughs> in person? It, again, it could go very poorly, and it could be the worst afternoon of my life, but again, I would have a Zach Greinke story to tell. I'm I'm on board.
3: There wouldn't really be anything to tell because he wouldn't say anything. You know, he'd, Unless he, he would. He'd, he'd be in his own golf cart. He'd hit his own ball. He'd go... Make his putt, get his ball to the hole, walk back to his cart. You'd still be on the green putting, and he'd be on his way to the next hole. That's, but he, he that's he what it would be like. say something
2: about my swing. You know, he told Alex Gordon that he had to hit more home runs. he told me he had to hit a driver straight. That's at least something I can bank on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. My three is also a royal. I've got George Brett, one of my childhood heroes, just to go and hear him tell stories about the battles with the Yankees, the pine tar game. All of that stuff, it'd be a blast. And Brett's just a fun guy to be around. So, George Brett, number three for me. Awesome. And a member of the th- uh,
3: the, the, lion, the roar, roar Lions, too. Yes, he is, and he's killing it. Uh, no clutch gene, though, so far no. uh, for him. <laughs> my number three is my only non-player. Here I've got Andy Reid. I mean, how, how could you not want to spend a day with Andy <laughs> Reid? I mean, he'll talk burgers. He'll talk, you know, life outside of football. Um, I mean, I th- I just think that guy, I would love for him to be like my uncle, you know, or or somebody that I have access to all the time. Not only because he won a Super Bowl, but he's got such an awesome personality. And you wouldn't think that NFL players flock to a guy like that, but they all love him. <laughs> and so I think I would yep. love to spend an afternoon with Mr. Andy Reid. Do you have a Hawaiian shirt you could wear? Oh, yeah, definitely. I can find one. <laughs>
2: I held off guessing what your coach would be when you teased that on SNBL today, Ben, but I feel bad taking credit for that because it was too easy. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good one, though. All right, number two for me, I've got former Indianapolis Colts punter Pat McAfee. This (laughs) guy would tell the wildest stories. He's been around for some of the more turbulent uh, eras of the Colts. It might be a little over the top occasionally, but get a cold adult beverage or two in that guy. He's going. (laughs) It's going to be... You don't even need it. (laughs) There is that. So add one or two just for... effect for fun and so many stories so much fun Pat McAfee is my number two okay I'm back to the golf world for my
0: number two here I've got Phil Mickelson one I think he would really literally try to help me while we're out there And he just seems like a great dude a guy that's just going to chat with you the whole round he's not going to ignore you not big time you and try to help your game he sure tried to help Brady all day on on Sunday so I got Mickelson here too. help you hit hit some bombs and some hellacious seeds (laughs) (laughs) that's right (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh shoot, oh, my turn uh, My number two uh, I'm going my, my first favorite baseball player Of all time here at number two I'm going Chipper Jones uh, Again, a very flamboyant personality Competitive guy, likes to have fun Likes to interact with fans um, And loves sports he, he tweeted that he wanted uh, TB's golf cart on Sunday I know he's very involved in hunting I know he's still very involved with the Braves uh, so give me Larry, Larry Jones here at my number two. Very Larry good.
2: would be a blast. My number one has been mentioned. Ben had him back at number five. This was my first favorite athlete ever, Peyton Manning. Seems like a cool dude for all the reasons that Ben mentioned, and Peyton Manning's the number one guy I'd like to shoot around with, even if he would beat me by about 140 strokes. <laughs>
0: Sweet. Uh, my, my number one I don't think would beat me by much. I'm going the round mound of rebound, Charles Barkley.
2: Yes. I think playing golf
0: with Charles Barkley would be a riot. I, I, don't, I may not be able to hit a straight tee shot because I'd be laughing the whole time, but
3: I've got Barkley at one. <laughs> oh, man. I have the best video saved on my phone that we cannot talk about or uh, or play here on the air because we would all get fired, <laughs> but he echoes a lot of how we feel when we play golf in that video, and it is just so epic. Uh, he was the first one I thought of, but I did not put him on on my list just because i've never really envied him much and i think he's such a clown on tv but i do think a round of golfing <laughs> hit with him would just be epic uh, my number one has been mentioned i've got patty mahomes here at, at number one um, he's a guy i look up to he's my hero right now so had to put him on here he's been posting some instagram competitions with his with his girlfriend in his backyard chipping competitions where he's getting whooped up on so I like my chances in the short game to beat him. Uh, so, yeah, give me a round of golf with with Patty Mahomes. <laughs> awesome. I think we need to Twitter poll this.
2: Oh, without a doubt. We'll throw it All out. All right.
0: Be, be looking for it, folks, at Husker Sports. Again, that's our Union Bank and Trust top ten topic for tonight. Top ten guys we'd like to play some golf with uh, someday on a on a Lynx course here in the Midwest. That'd be fun. Final few minutes of this hour of sports nightly here on the Husker Sports Network Chris in the last segment mentioned NHL players there was some movement in the talks to resume their season in fact they're just going to go right to the playoffs the plan that looks like it's going to make it through all the different hoops and they're going to expand the playoffs from 16 teams to 24 just forget about the last 3 weeks of the regular season which i think smart and just get right to the playoffs. I don't know quite how you format twenty four. You to have to give somebody some buys, I would think. It'd be a little hard to do a twenty four team format. But I think I think they're going to be the first pro league to get going, Ben. I think Major League Baseball may be in trouble.
3: Yeah, big big strides today from from the hockey boys. Uh, again, uh, admirable. I, I think the way they did it was great. Uh, you know, it it kind of eliminates the uh, the hostility from the teams that were on the bubble of making the playoffs you, you kind of throw a bone and extend those things out while at the same time rewarding teams at the top of the most points for for bye weeks so i think it kind of caters to both crowds and you know gives everybody a shot to make the playoffs including nate roar chicago blackhawks and we all know they they wouldn't have made the playoffs otherwise but you know i think it's uh it's good and, and, and again just having sports back having these conversations is is great and yeah, I know there's a lot of hockey fans around here that, you know, can't wait to uh, to have this thing going. And, and you know, ho- I'm with you. I think hockey is, without question, the first one back.
0: Yeah, and then I think it's the NBA. And right now I have the least amount of confidence, unfortunately, in Major League Baseball. The owners went back with another proposal today to the players. Uh, what's coming out tonight, the players hate it. it. They don't feel like they're any closer to a deal. To me, the clock's ticking on, on MLB, and I hate that because... This is, I mean, whoever gets out there is going to just corner the market for fans' interest because everybody, like you said earlier,
3: the golf exhibition was fine on Sunday, but they want something real. Yeah, they do. And it's just, I just think there's so much hostility already towards them. It's, there's just going to have that ego that's going to make it harder to agree. Whether they agree or not, there's going to be that, always be that friction between the owners and the players. Yeah.
0: Well, tomorrow night, uh, we'll have President Ted Carter back with us get the latest from the university. We'll have another edition of Jeremiah Searle's Hosker Huddle. Amir Abdullah coming to you tomorrow night. Plus, we'll have our famous face-offs. Looking forward to that. Thanks to Austin and to Ben. What a good hour here on Sports Highlight. we got another hour coming on the other side. Come on back.